Yeah, anyway, hi, welcome to another episode of Pack One Pick One. Uh, I'm actually coming to you guys from Dice City Games, local game store. Never recorded here once before, you know, a couple months ago, but it's great to be back, uh, actually in the office right now. And uh, with me is another local player and the owner of the store, uh, if you want to introduce yourself. You haven't been on here before. I have not, although I've listened, um, and I'm happy to have Tom, your host, as one of our local players. My name is Jimmy Cooney. Founder and owner of Dice City Games, um, I have a really good uh, business partner and store manager working for me and invested in the business named Jesse Crowley, you might hear from eventually. Yep. But um, I'm a longtime Magic player, I actually started playing just over 25 years ago on Unlimited Launch Day. I remember buying Arabian Nights packs on release day of Arabian Nights, which was I think a weekend, a day or two ago, wow. um, at Barbarian Comics, which is a little known but ancient comic book store just a block from here. It's allegedly one of the oldest comic book stores on the East Coast, opened in the 60s, I think, late, mid-60s. Um, Barbarian does more comics and toys these days and less gaming, but they'll still get packs of magic, and uh, around the corner from them was a sports card store called House of Cards. I read comic books, I collected baseball cards, and I played D&D, so I was literally the target audience for magic, and I was a... I'm a nice. 12-year-old boy. I think I just turned 13. So I was a 13-year-old boy, and uh, I loved the 80s. My life was like Stranger Things, to give you listeners a sense of what it was like, riding around the neighborhood on bikes, getting in trouble, fighting monsters, saving the day. Yeah. And I decided it was one day going to be my fate to open a game store. I was two when Magic came out, all right? I was not playing back then. Let me get that out of the way. My first set was Mercadian Masks. It's That's not, a solid set. Right. Yeah, but I played that for a year, and then I got into Yu-Gi-Oh, and that was the new thing. Mm. Big mistake. Thanks. I should have kept those Magic cards. No. Bought, you know, Black Lotus, and it was still 100 bucks. Yeah. I'd retire by now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, but speaking of old cards and stuff like that, uh, you're here because you have uh, probably most of my expertise in, like, old-school Magic mm -hmm. cards and the old-school format. Magic mm -hmm. Gathering, which is uh, kind of like a new thing that's cropped up in the last few years. Like, people have played it, but it hasn't gotten big until recently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've really championed it in mm -hmm. this area, despite hosting events, getting mm -hmm. the word out about it, introducing most of the people that you have here that play it probably never got into it mm -hmm. before, you know, you got them into the events and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to do an episode on this for a long time. Awesome. And I also wanted to not be a liar, even though I say I'm a liar on here a lot and actually do this interview with you about old school, finally. Awesome. I mentioned that you mentioned on here. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to know how long ago I mentioned okay. that. Well, hey, but, I'm hey, a busy guy, here, and so's we're, Tom. Right, so. and we're doing that. That's all that matters. But, um, yeah, I myself don't play the format. I'll be honest about yeah. that. But I play with some old school cards. Mm -hmm. uh, like, al I use Alpha Basics for the hell of yeah, it. Yeah, uh, actually bought a few a long time ago. Um I want to say in 2011, there was a local game store in Salisbury University called uh, Illusions Games and Comics. Mm. Um, I ran the back of a store kind of an alley. Mm. It was, you know, Those are the best. Good local game store, right, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, this is when Alpha Cards, like, people hadn't spiked them up, mm -hmm. even old school stuff. Used to be really cheap, even as mm -hmm. far five, six years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. So five bucks for an Alpha Basic or less? Ridiculous. Two or three bucks once yeah, in a time? for commons, yeah. right. And uh, I bought a bunch of them as a joke at one point. I turned a binder page and a trade binder, just like a bunch of alpha commons, random ones I right. picked up out of there. I was like, hey guys, you know, want to trade some alpha cards? Thinking people would, you know, they'd open it and be like, oh, what kind of treasures are in here? And it's just mm -hmm. like garbage commons, right? Mm -hmm. But 
because you like old school, and this is all about that, I did get you something. Oh my lord. As a gift to you. Look at me. Because, you know, you like old school, you like alpha mm. cards. You may have seen one of these before. What? It was in his pocket. Now it's damaged. I'm just joking. It <laughs> it's is. in great shape. That, it may be damaged, but I haven't played it, so it's, it's still... A, it's a beautiful not... <laughs> unblade alpha twiddle. Tom, thank you so much. You're That's welcome. great. I'll say this. I'm a blue player at heart. If you haven't seen the original art for Twitter, see it. Shout out to Rob Alexander. I met him a couple times. Nice guy. Some cool stuff, right? He's done some of the best lands in the game, the duels. He's worked up until recently. Rob's done great things for the game. But I knew you'd appreciate that. Thank more you than so much, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Love Blue. I played Twit a lot when I was a kid. It, it, the idea of tapping or untapping um, any land creature art if I can play, it has really strong implications. Instance We've all heard of Time Vault. Uh, that's oh, one of them. Oh, that, that'd be yeah. a... That's great. That's Thank actually you, a good idea. Yeah, enjoy it. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to get right into it, though, because we're talking about old school, and I'm going to act like I don't know much about it, because okay. I only know what surface level yeah, anyways. Yeah. Uh, give me a brief overview Okay, cool. I'd yeah. love to. Um, so, old school, in short, is a throwback magic format. Now, there are a couple different ways it's played worldwide, and the reason behind that is, as my friend um, Ben puts it, also known as Shaman Ben, it is the hashtag MTG underground. It is not sanctioned 99% of the time. It is played in pubs for the most part and in smaller or more heart-based game shops like this one. Right. Um, because of that, it functions like EDH did in the early days. Wizards of the Coast isn't involved in guiding the format, so it relies on community leaders um, most of whom are experienced players who've been playing Magic for a long time. Like you, yeah. Yeah, and and, and their friends, our friends, um, to build it up and to manage it. Um, in short, the the term can be used in two ways. One is an umbrella term. Years ago, people were just referring to old school Magic. We just kind of knew what you meant. It just uh, meant old cards. Like right. It could have really meant anything. It could have meant 93, 94. Yeah, playing, like, could have up stuff, to, like exactly, up to masks. It really could have right. meant like that era, like kind of old border. Um, but over time, the umbrella term of old school has remained. Uh, usually, when people say old school, they're referring to 93, 94, though. Right. And that's the main format that's grown in the past eight years, I'd say. Um, and the past, only really the past three years in the States has it really grown. It began in Sweden. Um, shout out to Magnus de Laval, um, who's a friend I've made through the other. Uh, Magnus uh, and his buddies, and, and he's got a great podcast interview on my friend Brian Monoclos podcast which is called all things considered yeah plug that plug yeah. that's fine shouting those guys <laughs> out great old school podcast all things considered brian's interviewed me a couple times uh magnus other stalwarts of the community friends of mine like dave and paul nice. point is in sweden they didn't get some of the early expansions very much so how do they have all these old cards? <laughs> that's a great, great question. yeah so their format is awesome and i always give them a shout out um, but their format is based on Alpha Beta Unlimited. They skip revised, even though it came out before Legends. Huh. Then they have uh, Arabian Nights Antiquities Legends, The Dark. That's where they end it. They skip Italian Legends. They skip Italian Dark. They skip Collector's Edition. They skip Revised. They skip Fallen Empires. So it was well, confusing. Fallen Empires got the <laughs> Oh, like, no. To be honest. No, no, no. I'm the biggest. You, you don't know this about me, Tom. You like no, visions. I'm the biggest. I thought Visions I love Visions, visions too. Yeah, but that's because you know me as a limited player. No, Fallen Empires is the ish. But point is, they had access to packs of Revised. They had access to foreign FBB packs. Uh. They had access to Fallen Empires. 
and Collectors is, you know, arguably still the many people not a real magic card. So, with all due respect, um, you know, a lot of Americans want to go a different direction, and a friend of mine named Jason Jaco sort of legitimized a community format that people were trying out in the Bay, actually in San Francisco, a bunch of great folks out there, and really other pockets around the country, Chicago, even me and my friends here in Silver Spring, we had our old decks. A lot of people right. quit in that era around Ice Age, some just before Ice Age, some oh. just after. So I'd actually, the last set I played with, I think I'd gotten a booster, a fourth maybe, but I had functionally quit in terms of card pool-wise after right. Fallen Right, not Empires. buying a lot more product and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And then I came back over the time. So to me and many Americans, when you call the format 9394, which is the other name, you're referring to any card print in that era. And Fallen Empires was a very popular set, which is hard to imagine now. There's a reason so many are in print. It was the most ordered Magic set of all time. When it came out, boxes were just the same price as Unlimited for months. I have ads from Scry March 95. Unlimited Starter Deck Box, $55. Unlimited uh, Fallen Empires Booster Box, $55. Or $59, $60, whatever. I'll buy the one with Paradise. Yeah, exactly. But, um, so, you know, point is, there's some minor discrepancies in terms of what sets are legal and whether Fallen Empires is legal. It might seem like a small set. Hymn to Turok's no joke. Um, Super good. A lot of the the creatures are actually pretty efficient by the standards of the day. There's a card that's recently come to define the format a little bit called City in a Bottle. Now, you might remember Arabian Nights, Magic's first expansion set. Richard Garfield and company didn't have time to play test it. They made cards that now we still think of as great cards. Library of Alexandria, Bazaar of Baghdad, right. uh, and creature-wise, famously for decades, Saren Dibafri and Jazam Jin. Oh, yeah. Now, these days, you wouldn't even play Jazam Jin. No. It was just sad. I wanted to buy one of those. Uh, actually, back when I bought those Alpha Basics, uh-huh. Jazams were only about 70-something online. And I what? thought that was ridiculous. Because it's but a I vanilla was buy it at some point just because it, it was the iconic creature part. Yep. And now it's like nine hundred bucks, and I can't afford the damn thing. Yep. Back in the day, I actually bought uh, Alhalla Zeves. Uh, so my playmat that I use mm-hmm. um, for about twenty bucks because I wanted to make a sixty card back when that was a format uh-huh. Halloween theme deck. Mm. I bought one, and I was gonna buy more over time. Now they're like four hundred bucks for no freaking reason, right. and I'm like. So I, I'm glad I have the one, but I'm really sad I couldn't complete yeah. that play set back. You don't have to do a singleton with it. Um, no. So I'll use it in Commander just because. There I you want go. Play. Good application. But yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned that, like Sweden and um, like what they're allowing. Because I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. What the different, uh, like different metas are, because um, yep. like different countries apparently yeah. have different uh, things that they allow in it. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that shape up, especially because. Um, no new cards are injected in this format. Right. From the day that it was created <laughs> there till it came up here, yep. you can't add anything into it, really. Like Even yep. the Collector's Edition and Revised... It They're Empires, functional reprints. It's cut, well, even newer stuff like that, like you won't see those in Sweden. Yep. So, you know, unless they ever start allowing more someday, which, uh-huh. I don't know, then how does that affect the meta? Like... Mm-hmm. Can new decks even come into the format? Like so that's a great question. New ideas, like how often can those come up? If everyone, if we already know what's in the card pool, so play for a while. A little about my background that will feed into why I think old school so great. Even though that's my like format of choice today, I played Legacy 
when I got back into Magic uh, in 2011, I started with Standard and Draft. Right. Very quickly got into Legacy, 2012, a great time to get in. Bought my duels and stuff. I had had a bunch of things from childhood. I saw my original Mox Sapphire and Time Vault, Beta Mana Vault. I have a lot of, got a pretty sweet collection. Jeez. But I rebuilt a lot and I had missed so many years. I actually literally missed the entire modern border. Because the second time so, I got in was like around Urza Saga and Wrath Block. And then the third time I got in was Invasion Block. And then I'd quit after the set Apocalypse. That was the end of Magic to me, befittingly, Apocalypse. The Apocalypse, right. Yeah. Never played with the entire modern border until M11, M12, Innistrad. A little bit of new See, Phyrexia on the shelf. You that's got when back I got into back it in. exactly when I did. Yeah. I had a Legacy deck. I built Burn. The mm. whole competitive mm-hmm. Legacy Burn deck for about 100 bucks back mm-hmm. then. It was ridiculous, and you yeah. couldn't do that. Yeah, that was amazing. So, anyways, that's part of my background. The other yeah. background I have is limited. You know, I actually really love limited. Um, I'm not necessarily a top player, but I'm solid. I've I've gotten some good finishes, lots of local. I won many a pre-release at local game stores. I um, have a top, Star City Classic a team limited event that we top top 12 or top 16 something yeah we cashed it that was fun Um, so I played a brief bit of competitive magic and I love limited I love legacy I got into vintage for a time I love that that led me playing more with the old cards acquiring power 9 and I reconnected with a bunch of old friends who saw my enthusiasm and they just had their old decks my whole group my brother my best friend uh, David Troy Corey Troy uh, they had all stopped playing after Fallen Empire so our decks just stopped them frozen in time started doing some googling oh so you were just Ready to go. It was perfect for the format. Yeah. I found the Swedish <laughs> group. Again, shout out to them. I found that uh, there had been a little bit of play in uh, Canada. There had been a tournament recreating the 95 World Champs, basically the same card pool. And then there had been an event um, that was announced while I was playing Vintage in the West Coast. The first old school tournament I'm aware of. Start following. To get to your question, how do formats not get stale? Right. Because it's community driven. And I want to recognize right now, real quick, Idli. I've made friends like uh, Dominic Magoo. Uh, there's all kinds of people. There are players in Spain, Germany, Finland, um, the United Kingdom, all over Europe, even now, uh, Asia, you know, Hong Kong, Central America. There are people playing old school worldwide. You'd be surprised. Some people in the magic finance or sort of mainstream community think it's all made up and it's not real. Right. It's very real. It is the underground of magic in the, much the same way that Legacy and 60 Card Casual have been for years. I'm sorry, not Legacy. EDH yeah, yeah, and 60 yeah. Card Casual. Well, 60 Card Casual is pretty much almost dead outside of kitchen tables at this yeah, point. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying, but there are millions of people playing right, on kitchen yeah, yeah. tables that we're not aware of. But like, time was, you'd go to like a game store and you would play that, play and now yeah. it's all EDH, which I don't mind, right. but it like, EDH took over and pushed that out of like right. a lot of that. Beautiful thing at Dice City, we have Merle, who played in the same era as me, he's come back in it recently, Ashley, uh, they both have 60 card casual decks, so there's some of it going on here, Delton, Chris Slinsky. Uh, shout out to those guys. But the point is, because yeah. these communities are so good, and each one has a slightly different BNR list, I helped back in the early days of the tournament. There was a the first actual tournament on the East Coast was held by Jason Jaco and Eternal Central. Huh. His blog, if you guys like legacy, vintage, modern, stuff like that, check out eternalcentral.com. Um, they held a tournament outside of Eternal Weekend unofficially during, I want to say, four years ago, Eternal Weekend. This was maybe 2014. I could be wrong here. Uh, and I signed up. I was one of 18 people registered. Only 12 ended up playing. The reason is, the morning I uh, was getting ready to drive, I guess, drive up to uh, Philly, yeah. I was communicating with Jayco, and I found out my city of brasses weren't legal. They only allowed Arabian Nights at the time. I think they would have even allowed Chronicles, but mine were the ones I could find. Somewhere I had a single Arabian Night ones. The ones I could find were 5th edition, which had new art. So even though 5th edition cards with original art were part of the card pool, um, 
new art was not. Ah. So I dropped from my registration at the last minute. But um, I already had my deck built. I had been playing with my old friends. So I was playing old school at least four years ago, maybe five or more with my, my friend group just right. with our old 94 decks. But that was really a changing point. After that tournament, Jacob wrote a great article. We had some coverage. Blogs started sprouting up. Um, a year later, there was another tournament, it, same thing, a tournament weekend, but this time it was like 56 players. I was one of them. I made fast friends with a guy named Fam Dula, another guy named Bobby Victory. They held the tournament called Duel of Antiquity at Fam's house. It was like eight people registered, six or seven people played, five rounds round robin. I won it with my Merfolk deck, and that was sort of the beginning of old me. School old school Merfolk. Lord, just Lord of Atlantis, right? Uh, Lord of Atlantis. Uh, Merfolk of the Pearl Trident, and this is why I think Fallen Empires is so defining. There's a reserveless rare or uncommon one, whatever, from Fallen Empires called River Merfolk. It's humble. It's a two-one for blue blue. Okay. But for a blue, you can give it Mountain Walk. You'd be surprised. Other than white, blue and red are two of. I mean, blue is clearly the best color. The in Land old Walk colors, right? But exactly, having Mountain Walk super relevant. Having Island Walk from Lord Atlantis super relevant. Did he have having two power on turn two in blue super relevant. So yeah, I had played it with Mana Drain, Power like, Nine. Yeah. I played it with um, actually the first one. I played it American colors. You know, red, white, and blue. I had Swords yeah. of Plowshares, Disenchant. Eventually, I got off of that. One of the things that started happening is I got into old school. People were like, "We can't afford this format." And they only knew about the Swedish rules at the time because that's what uh, blogs started covering. Now, see, I was just about to ask you about that, too. That was, uh, I think, one of the last big questions I had because we've covered so much already. And yeah. it was, uh, it can be a pricey format. You know, a lot of people have, uh, on purpose, tried to spike cards. And that, like, time was, you could get giant gropes from, like, even alpha. It'd be, like, five bucks. Th- yeah. As much as I got that twiddle for it, you could just pick them up easily. Yeah. Now, can't do that. Oh, yeah. In but theory, like, TCG uh, mid's 130 so, on giant so, gropes. So how does that that work though because it can right. be expensive how do you get people to play this right and make it accessible mm-hmm. for cheap or budget because you got dudes with like all the power nine in their deck right. and you have someone that's like how can i still play this format yep. and not just get beaten by someone that's almost paying to win it great just great question stuff yeah Great question. So that I still didn't really finish your last one. How's the format not get stale? So in short, oh, yeah, yeah. different BNR lists get altered differently. Jaco is kind of slow to alter the the Eternal Central one. Uh, Magnus is faster to alter the Swedish one. About once a year, he updates it, and there will be spicy things like unrestricting Maze of It or Recall. Wizards of the Coast themselves had numerous BNR lists over the time that we're sort of hearkening back to. With the Swedish list, again, it's sort of a mythologized version of the format. And I don't say this with any disrespect, but truly, they're playing the format like what would have been, not what was. Right. So kind of like, remember when we first started seeing Magic and those black border cards were so rare? What if we only played with those cards? In reality, Magnus and other people told me most of their decks were revised in Fallen Empires. It's not like they're recreating what they actually played with as kids. They're playing with that sort of harder-to-get American import, Alpha Beta Unlimited stuff. Some of them don't even want to play with Unlimited because it's white-bordered. Right. Arabian Nights and Tiffany's. Right, exactly. right? God. Right. But with the American group, our thing, for better or worse, is a little more historical accuracy. So we have four strip mines. They have strip mine restricted. We have mana burn. Many play groups in Europe don't have mana burn. We we have some really interesting things that kind of bring it back. But generally, everyone plays with modern rules and modern mulligans. So that's a thing. Um, And the way the groups do it is by altering their B&R list, they they can alter the meta. And the other way is... It's through tournament organizing. And I think, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I was one of the first TOs to really pick up on this and yeah, go, you let's, are. 
let's do tournaments that aren't just based on win percentage or final record. Um, we will do prizes for best budget deck, best unpowered deck, most creative. And Jayco and other people have been doing that, not not just me. Many people and have been doing really that. it's a really good idea. And then we're like, let's, this, not, let's not just do most creative. Let's do top eight most creative. You know, we're getting 20, 30 people at yeah. our tournaments. Let's give away eight prizes for creativity. Then I came up with a concept that, like, Fallen Empires adds a lot to the format, despite the common idea that it wouldn't. What does it have? High Tide, him to Turok? Right. You know, Goblin, Goblin Grenade? grenade. Right. Exactly. But generally, it does fall on low-power stuff. It does so fall low-power. But, again, remember that card I was talking about? City of Brass was designed to nuke Arabian, because Arabian was under-tested. Right, So Arabian yeah. Knights and Alpha, or, or Abur, dominate the format. They are the best cards. Followed second by Antiquities, with its Mishra's Factory, Strip Mine, and Mishra's Workshop. And then, Legends, you'd think, is powerful. The funny thing about Legends is it's only got a good dozen cards that see play. Tabernacles, Mana Drain. Exactly, exactly. Things like that. It's got a couple spicy sideboard-type cards. It's got, I think, Whirling Dervish might have been Legends. Um, it's got Moat, Abyss. It's got these oh, these these defining, like, um, Enchant Worlds and but Enchantments. The it's, but the creatures, creatures are super underplayed. Really You're yeah. lucky to see an Azure Drake on the battlefield. One in every 20 old-school tournaments. That's true. Same thing with the Dark, Ball Lightning, and then it kind of falls off, Maze of it. And the same thing with Fallen Empires, Him to Turok and Pump Knights. Once you start delving in, we actually gave prizes last year. About a year ago, we had a tournament, Duel of Antiquity 2. Uh -huh. And we started giving out prizes for top deck to feature a winning record with... Uh, the highest winning record with a large number of Legends cards, large number of Dark cards, large number of Fallen Empire cards. Yep. Shout out to Nick Batista, a local player who won multiple. He made a deck made of Legends and Arabian awesome. Knights, Legends and Dark cards and Fallen Empires. Then we really started delving into it. Well, Tribal does a lot better with Fallen Empires. Yeah. You get, obviously, River Merfolk and Vidalia Knights add to Merfolk. You get Goblin Grenade, Goblin Flotilla, Goblin Warrens, things that add to Goblins. Um, you get a whole Orc deck that didn't exist before that. Uh, Iron Claw yeah. Works is one of the best two drops in red. You add a dwarf deck, dwarven lieutenant, dwarven soldier. You add uh, a whole black archetype that's more aggressive than it used to be, sure. um, and that can really attack the hand. Mindstab Thralls, Thrall Reanimator decks, Soul Exchange. Um, there's a lot going on. And then I, after continually hearing people kind of frown on Fallen Empires, and some people in Europe love it and play with it occasionally, right. others like kind of frowned on it I've for various that. reasons. Yeah, you have a lot of Fallen Empires. You have a sampling deck, right? Exactly. So I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, well, I'm going to show people. You know, I've met Jesper Mirvers. I've met some of the early game designers. You know, the people who worked on that set deserve respect. Right. The artists are amazing. It was the last lineup of the original Magic Artists. Uh, I think Jesper transitioned to not being art director around the time. It's the last set he worked on. He was the original art director. The Dark was sort of his baby. Um, a lot of those artists never, they, they didn't quite work at the same level again. Amy Weber worked a little bit on Ice Age Homelands, but a lot of them started falling off to the era. Fallen Empires had beautiful cards with four different art renditions, you know. So it's a small set, but when you remove Arabian Nights from the format, and when you have the right kind of balance of creatures thanks to things like Meek Stone, other hate cards, you'll find that you need good two and three drops that are lacking. Fallen Empires provides them. Nice. So I said, well, Saplings was kind of a joke. I saw it uh, two years ago at Eternal Weekend. Someone built a Thalad's deck. I was like, that's awesome. A couple players at our shop wanted to play. And again, back to your question, how do we build a budget right, deck? Right, yeah. They start looking at things. Well, I'll build a Thalad deck. And they did it. And we figured putting Arborea in was good and slowing it down was good. Then I got this idea of splashing white for things like land tax. You don't own dual lands? Cool. Search up basic lands. You can play with a fourth edition land tax. Not very expensive. Play with a fourth edition, fifth edition Sylvan Library. Not very expensive. So I started building entire decks around the budget concept. 
I grew my decks. Admittedly, now their power is back in them. Right. But for a period, I played them without power, while the player base I was growing at Dice City Games didn't own power. And, that, and that's good, because you don't want to be shooting fish in a barrel. Exactly. Right? Some people do, turn, but, but not But it could me. turn people away from the format. Exactly. Right? If, you know, you're just playing around, but then all of a sudden, someone's like, Lotus Recall, 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 Recall. And like, like, Twister. Oh, awesome. You know. I can't compete. And, it happens. Yeah. So we still have that happening, and that's fun. Old school is a place like Vintage where you can see crazy right. plays. I mean, no one else, you're not going to need to play them anywhere. It's cool you can do it somewhere. That is a good thing. But yeah, shout out to all the great TOs in the yeah. country. Um, the Lords of the Pit, the Beasts of the Bay, New England Old School, um, the Sisters of the Flame in New York. It's some great groups. There's so many clubs I can't even mention. Magical Hacks, um, Northern Paladins. You know, These people are all worth Googling. Find your local old school scene. Give it a shot. Show up with a deck made of Revised and Fallen Empires. I promise yes. you. Nate, a 12-year-old, showed up with a deck I helped him build the night before. Got top four. He won like an Alpha something. I forget what he Jeez. won. Alpha Sinkhole at one of our tournaments. Merle showed up with a Kobolds deck. I think he went 0-5, but he got most creative, and he won some awesome prize. I think he won an Alpha see, Stole Ring. See, that's awesome. So that's the kind of stuff we're doing here. We're incentivizing creativity yes. and budget decks so that you're not just playing to win, you're playing to explore the card pool. I'm re- literally giving out rewards. Show me what the Dark can do. Show me what Fallen Empires can do. Show me what Legends outside of the 10 most played cards can do. And that's where you get right. our our best well, uh, our best you, action. You covered a lot, and honestly, I think that if there are people... I meant at first, I had misconceptions about the format, but you know, when I've seen you guys play it here, and I'm sure when people, if they get uh, come here or any store they're at and see it, or at least hear about it right. from you... I hope that clears up a lot of stuff, gets some people to play it. So yeah, yeah thank you. I want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we could finally do this and talk yeah. about it. And you know, uh, teaser maybe for a future episode. Uh, I'll leave it with a little cliffhanger. There's a middle school format that's popped <laughs> yeah. up, and I want to talk about that someday because that's a whole other beast entirely. Yep. We right? can talk about that. And so. middle school has a brother named Premodern, just like with Eternal Central and other right. American regional old school variants. What about Impressionist? Uh, then you have a, a Swedish yeah, equivalent yeah. and a European scene. One is called pre-modern. One's called middle school. They're very similar. Nice. They're both 95 to 03. They pick up where old school left off. They pick up with Ice Age. Um, and they run through the end of the Onslaught block, yeah. the last old border cards. But um, one last thing I'll say yeah. about old school. If you're interested, we are having a big old school weekend. February, I believe, 2nd and 3rd. I'm Best sorry, local players. It's the same weekend as Star City Games Baltimore, which is a team open. But if you're not playing in that, um, we try to... Play some old school. We try to get that. And day two is limited. So we're going to have a very Uh. spicy limited thing with packs from Chronicles, Fallen Empires, Ice Age, and Homelands. So that you get... This is a 95 old school day two. I know, right? (laughs) But the thing is, people always are like, oh, I'll just draft these sets. They're bad. It'll be funny. They're actually good if you open a starter. This is what we did a, a, a year and ago. And if you're on an even playing oh, Exactly. Open a starter. Everyone right. opens a starter, and then you draft the boosters. So that instead of just yep. getting junk, you're getting things that complement your card pool. All right. Nice. Well, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. So thank you again. Old School Winter Ball is the name of that event. All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming on here. It's been awesome. And I'm glad we could talk about that format. And uh, be out there for the people that want to play that, not just the limited garbage I talk about all the time. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for listening as well. Check out Old School. Come to Dice City Games.